Allah, how fit are you in mind, body, and spirit? How do you deal with fear, confrontation, conflict resolution? Welcome to the journey. My name is Neville D'Angelo. Hey, Ari, what are you doing here? Oh, man, you remember me. I'm glad you remember me. Of course I can remember me. I was just a little nervous. It's been a couple weeks. (laughs) But, uh, hey, I I heard through the grapevine that Geraldo Mulas is on tonight. Yes, he certainly is. Speaking about fitness, is that correct? That's right up your alley. You're the middle distance runner. Yes, and I would love to hear what he has to share because I'm sure I could learn a couple of things. All right, well, we're glad you're here. We're going to learn some things from you, too. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, Ari, since you're here, would you like to tell them what we do on the journey? Sure. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. That's perfect! Soy Gerardo Mulas y estoy en los encuentros con Neville de Angelo. Well, Gerardo, welcome back. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you on. Fitness is the name of the game, so you're it, my friend. Uh, just educate us today. Well, um, I don't know if I, we, I can educate you or any of you. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, but, you know, basically what I can say is that I, uh, this day and age, what I do... Uh, I, I'm involved uh, in the world of fitness uh, uh, with different disciplines. I, uh, I've, I've studied exercise science uh, for several years, mm-hmm. and uh, I've also studied, practice, and still train uh, with with a good deal of intensity in in yoga and in martial arts. Mm-hmm. And um, I. I really like the uh, the concept uh, and the um, and the approach to know about the latest in exercise science and know about ancient uh, older methods of dealing with the mind body connection and mm-hmm. how that um, how that relates to everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of this, uh, it's not just about exercise per se, but there's also the element of nutrition and wh- how does that affect your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested and I'm very passionate about this subject because I think it has a direct impact on the quality of everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 through the uh, through through all these different methodologies. Um, 
I think a lot of different aspects can be addressed on, on, a, on somebody's life, not just for the perspective of losing weight or getting more energy or being more fit uh, or improving athletic performance or rehabilitating a prior injury, but also from the perspective of uh, dealing maybe with the psychological um, uh, issues. <laughs> For example, um, through the martial arts, I think a lot of people can find that they can deal with fear mm. and anger with a new uh, perspective on it. Uh, the same thing with the practice of yoga. Uh, the practice of yoga can bring a new uh, level of clarity, of calmness that will help relate to certain emotional aspects of each one of us mm -hmm. in a different way mm -hmm. um, and then of course there's the uh, element of as you improve your your fitness and as you improve your your body the quality of your, the functionality of your body uh, there's also a level of uh, uh, happiness or a level of uh, self-confidence uh, self-improvement mm -hmm that everybody can benefit from it. Mm. So what kind of people would you say should go into martial arts? I think martial arts, there's, I think, well, it's always very good for uh, children, I believe, because it instills in them the, uh, the uh, good leadership skills, instills in them discipline, instills in them humility, instills in them um, camaraderie, um, and the ability to express oneself. Give me an example of how it does it does that. By having a code of conduct uh -huh. uh, when you embark in training mm -hmm. with a, with a teacher mm -hmm. and with your peers, mm -hmm. and understanding that um, knowledge is available for everybody to uh, to get, mm -hmm. and then uh, there's also the aspect of respect and humility uh, because particularly in the martial arts mm -hmm. uh, you start to realize that um, hurting another person is very easy mm -hmm. um, harmonizing with another person is more difficult mm -hmm. so um, you start I mean I, I you develop a sense of um, respect and a sense of um, uh, humility that uh, is a very good educational tool. Well, I would have thought that if, if I'm going into martial arts, yes. what is my focus? Am I going to learn to defend myself, right. to make sure that I'm a stronger person right. that nobody would touch right. me, or is it, go ahead. Okay. Yes, and the, uh, obviously if we're talking about children, right. uh, which was what I was addressing prior uh, mm. to this question. Mm. Now, as far as an adult, an adult can embark into the martial arts for multiple reasons, uh, mm. because they wa wanna, they're into law enforcement or they're into any form of security uh, work mm -hmm. that they need to be, uh, uh, they need to be uh, able to, to know how to defend oneself mm -hmm. from a fitness perspective, because, you know, if you practice... Uh, most, several martial arts uh, on a regular basis, your fitness level will develop mm -hmm. uh, quite well. 
coordination, agility, balance. Um, there's a lot of different aspects on that end that, uh, from the fitness perspective, that is positive. And then from the perspective of self-defense, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely, uh, you can get highly specialized in knowing how to deal with, uh, with confrontation. Uh, now, psychologically, which is what I wanted to, uh, what, what I addressed earlier, right. there's a psychological element upon dealing with fear, mm -hmm. upon dealing with confrontation, upon dealing with uh, conflict resolution, mm -hmm. that uh, the martial arts can educate everybody, including adults, mm -hmm. but uh, in, in, a, in a very good way. Uh, now, is it doing that because you feel you know martial arts and you feel stronger, or is this some other aspect of martial right. arts that causes yes. you to... Uh, each martial arts have their own uh, features or, or, or set of attributes. Uh, what I think they all have in common is the, the ability to have um, self-confidence and being able to deal with confrontation skillfully without being taken over by fear. Mm -hmm. And then there's the element of uh, through consistent training of dealing with negative emotion and transforming the transforming it into positive and harmony mm -hmm. and that's something that I think it comes along mm -hmm. as you keep training in the arts for extended period of time okay we'll be right back Here are four steps you can take in dealing with persistent negative emotions, easily remembered by the acronym DEAL, D-E-A-L. 1. Don't blow things out of proportion. 2. Exercise. Strive consistently to be fit in body, mind, and spirit. 3. Attend to yourself. Be more relaxed and do less worrying. Four, let go of the past. We're back with Gerardo Mulas. Gerardo, you, can you talk to us about yoga? There's a lot of activity going on in the yoga area. You hear a lot of people talking about it. You are very much involved. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, that is correct. There's, this day and age is, has become a very prominent way of uh, exercise and stress relief uh, discipline. Um, there are a multitude of uh, methods available this day and age, and uh, it has become kind of mainstream. Um, I, uh, uh, without getting too in detail about the historical aspects of the practice, what you know, my what. What I'm uh, inclined to to say is that um, uh, is a, is a great uh, the, the physical aspect of the of the yoga practice is great uh, to keep your body limber limber and develop uh, balance mm -hmm. develop functional strength um, and then you know there's a lot of uh, uh, people these day these days that also have uh, taken yoga as a method of uh, self development or spiritual uh, quest. But I, I always thought that that's where yoga started. I always, I always, when I heard yoga, ever since growing up, I thought that this is just something spiritual, some Eastern religion. You're saying that's not the case. Has yoga changed 
or is our understanding of it changing? That's that's a very good question. I think um, that the word yoga uh, basically means union oh. and yoking union. That's uh, yoga is the root verb uh, yoga in from the Sanskrit language. It means union, connecting, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there are uh, ancient India uh, multitude of uh, of methods of spiritual development, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, traditionally uh, uh, there has been several lineages that um, have uh, several yogic lineages that have evolved. Uh, mm-hmm. What we see this day and age in most uh, in most parts of the world is uh, is the physical aspect of yoga because mm-hmm. of the ability to provide flexibility, mm-hmm. balance, functional strength, stress relief, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to your question, uh, yes, I mean, y- you have from the, uh, basically the the most yoga schools this day and age are uh, aligned with the, um, with the Samkhya philosophy or enumerator philosophy, which mm-hmm. is basically a way of looking at the at our reality and uh, from from a from a metaphysical perspective and from a perspective of explaining our nature or an essence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, from that perspective, can be looked at as at a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, some people accept it and some others don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and per- you don't have to have a particular spiritual inclination to practice mm-hmm. any form of yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, although in the past mm-hmm. it was more uh, the yogic practice was more was designed to have spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, the rationale for practicing yoga is to evolve human consciousness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way that human consciousness, the, the the way it is described as how do you the evolve human consciousness is because. Through the practice of yoga, you calm in your nervous system. Mm-hmm. When you're calming your nervous system, you have uh, what is described as you're balancing. You're balancing your elements on your body, and when you're balancing the elements on your body, you see things more clearly. You're more calm, and when people are more calm and more clear, there are better choice. Better choices are made. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's one of the rationales. In a nutshell, mm-hmm. of the the reason why I practice yoga. Now there are multiple lineages that that uh, uh, describe yoga in different ways. Uh, the most uh, relevant yoga practice is actually the principle of meditation or contemplation, mm-hmm. not so much the physical practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, and, and that's from you know the Zen uh, mm-hmm. from the Zen. Uh, approach mm-hmm. to the to other uh, uh, lineages that uh, basically look at oneself to understand our essence mm-hmm. and and that's uh, that uh, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you this though? Because Zen, of course, is a word we all hear about. What is the Zen approach? Right. That's a good question. The Zen approach. Well, basically. The word Zen mm-hmm. comes from um, from the word 
uh, dhyana in Sanskrit, and okay. the word dhyana from uh, from Sanskrit uh, means meditation. Mm. So that's what uh, you know. Basically, Zen is Zen is just is is the the principle of looking at oneself and looking at our minds or looking at our experience mm. and looking at it without any bias, without any preconce preconception of any ideas whatsoever. Yeah. And is the ability of developing that uh, what you can call beginner's mind, just fresh, uh -huh. uh, untainted, uh -huh. and without any notions of what it might be. Uh -huh. And I think you know, it's uh, uh, in, in, words are easier than action in this case because you know, even though that these words can be conveying the essence of what Zen is. Mm -hmm. But the actuality of being able to clear your mind of preconceived ideas or notions of what anything might be, including oneself, mm -hmm. is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> I would um, imagine it is. So that's in essence what Zen is, and mm -hmm. that's the cultivation of uh, uh, the cultivating Zen mm -hmm. is having a beginner's mind, a fresh mind. Mm -hmm. I like it. So, uh, because I, in my mind, when I always think of Zen, of course, it's just a feeling of that moment of being, uh, you're being, uh, I'm thinking it without any knowledge here, uh, either at one with the universe or at one with yourself or totally free and unburdened in any way. So that's just images that come to mind. Am I even close? You are right on target. Because that's, that's exactly having a fresh mind, having right. a beginner's mind. Right. It's like, you know, when, when they say the full circle, I mean, mm -hmm. even the, 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 symbol, the, the, the symbol of Zen mm -hmm. is a, a circle mm -hmm. that breaks. Meaning that circle that almost wraps up and mm -hmm. op is open. So that that is also the analogy of that calligraphy mm -hmm. that symbolizes Zen. Mm -hmm. Is saying is the realization of the connectedness mm -hmm. of the oneness mm -hmm. of everything. How are we completely interconnected mm -hmm. to every aspect of external and internal phenomena? And mm -hmm. what we are perceiving through our mind is just simple simple reflection of our own mind. So uh, and the realization. Of that is having a fresh mind because mm. there's no bias, mm. there's no interpretation. Mm -hmm. Is the natural, is the naturalness manifesting itself, mm -hmm. and you're being one with it. I love it. I love it. We'll be right back. I'm going to slip into a moment of Zen, and then we'll <laughs> be back. <laughs> We'll be right back with our guest, Gerardo Mulas, director of Mulas Martial Arts. It's time for five questions. In the hot seat today is Ari Perez. Ari is a middle distance runner, graduate of Texas A&M University. Question number one. What is your favorite poem? My favorite poem is If by Rudyard Kipling. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it's uh it's one that I came across maybe in high school. 
No, no, no. Actually, in in college, I remember in college it was my freshman year. One of my roommates showed it to me, and I remember it's my head. I mean, the top of my brain just popping off. It was uh. it, it was insightful, uh, and it's one of those for me that. I can always come back to, mm-hmm. I think, whenever I, I lose focus, mm-hmm. the, the way it's worded and the points that uh, Kipling makes within the poem mm-hmm. are are profound. Yes. And and uh, it, it just kind of keeps brings me back to its center, in yeah. a way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Away from there, I, I, my distance running background, uh-huh. the finish on it, yeah. with, with it's him saying... Uh, you can fill sixty seconds worth of distance run. run. Yeah. yeah, you'll uh, you'll be a man, my son. Yeah, and uh, you know, away from the fun of the other points that he makes, right. uh, to come come back to that, mm-hmm. which is also found in uh, one of my favorite books, but something separate. I I caught myself laughing. Like, mm-hmm. Ah, loved it. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings. Nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more. your favorite book my favorite book's titled once a runner by john l parker uh-huh. uh, and it's a, a fictional story about a character named quentin cassidy mm-hmm. it's a collegiate runner uh settings in, in southern california uh, but it's a cult classic with the distance running crowd mm-hmm. and i came across that uh, right as i was for going through my own personal training and really going for it with my running career mm-hmm. and the parallels are just incredible uh, that of a true distance runner and the, the grind and um, the trials and tribulations and trying to stay sane and uh, <laughs> there's you know stories of love and and heartbreak and it's it's just so real mm. uh, and I felt like I it's I don't normally enjoy fiction books myself all that much, uh, but it's just one of those that it's just so beautifully written that it's almost not fiction in my eyes. Uh, and so I'll I'll read that at least once a year just to come back to it. Yeah, it's it's an awesome one. Question number three: What's your earliest personal challenge? My earliest personal challenge uh, is kind of a funny one looking back at it. Growing up, my family, we we used to run uh, this marathon relay, six-person marathon relay Mm -hmm. uh, down in Corpus Christi. 
which the five of us in the family, we would add on uh, another family friend, and we all ran it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but initially, uh, I'm I'm the youngest out of three. I have an older sister who's eight years older than I am, an older brother who's four years uh, older than I am. Uh, the first year that they ran it, I was in first grade, mm-hmm. and my parents thought, you know, hey, you're too young, you know, mm-hmm. we can sit this one out. And, mm-hmm. of course... I wasn't necessarily heartbroken, but looking up to my brother and sister, I wanted to do and and participate in whatever activities or whatever it was because yeah. I saw them having fun and what have you. So uh, fast forward that year, you know, I sat on the sidelines and cheered and didn't really know what was going on. But the next year, whenever I was in second grade, they decided to to let me in and see what, uh, you know, what, I guess what I had. But I mm-hmm. uh, distinctly remember on our first training run together as a family we had a three mile loop that went around the neighborhood mm. and my sister being being you know the more mature of uh, of the kids she would just kick our butt and my brother was obviously stronger than I was at that point mm. um so they were both you know out there ahead of my parents but i was able to keep up with my parents mm-hmm. and, and of course i i don't know i i had no idea what was going on but it's just one of those things where Hey, we're out here. We're just hanging on, you know, just out there playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember after that fact, my mom and dad both talking about it to, to one another and, and to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I, not knowing what had just happened, I just kind of just went on a three mile run and was mm-hmm. able to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he- hearing them speak about it afterwards was uh, am- amusing for me just because, you know, Flashback a year was one of those things where they didn't think I could necessarily do it. Do it right. and who knows? I mean, I, maybe I couldn't have, but, uh, you know, flash forward a, a year and, uh, you know, I, I was kind of not accepted, but uh, kind of, I guess, blew away their expectations, which as an eight-year-old, right. you're like, yeah, you know, I've been patting yourself on the back. So, yeah, that's my earliest recollection of, I guess, uh, personal challenge. Question number four. What's your most embarrassing moment? I've had too many embarrassing <laughs> moments, uh, honestly, but one that's appropriate for uh, oh, this setting no, here. No, the one that isn't appropriate. <laughs> no, no, no. This, uh, this one kind of sticks out for whatever reason uh, a little bit more than the others, and it's not bad. But, uh, in, in middle school, I was I mean, even in elementary school, I should say, I was kind of a class clown, you mm-hmm. know, just doing whatever. And I'm sure the teachers were just, you know, uh, I'm sure they'd rolled their eyes once I came their way. But <laughs> in sixth grade, uh, I remember we had some sort of a movie day where uh, we had home classrooms. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, one period, we had several home classrooms come into my homeroom mm-hmm. and... We were all watching, uh, I think it was a movie, and there I am sitting on a stool like, closest to the, the the TV that was showing, and I'm just, I guess I found out that this stool was creaky, mm-hmm. like, so I'm kind of shifting my weight back and forth and making this, you know, squeak, 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 and of course, I'm just trying to be as annoying as I can <laughs> and thinking it's funny, and right. everybody's trying to just pay attention to this this movie or whatever it was, and the next thing I know... I just heard a crash, and I opened my eyes, and I, I saw the tops of my feet, but 
on the you know the far side of of my feet was the ceiling, <laughs> and so apparently what had happened you know the, with the squeaking and me going back and forth on this stool, it just disintegrated. Really? It just fell all kinds of uh, apart, <laughs> and it was again in front of everybody, you know, several home classes, and I went from from just you know trying to have a good time and distract people to just feet up in the air on my back <laughs> on the floor, and so of course everybody's cracking up, and you know the teachers freaking out because they thought you know initially I was hurt, they're they're scared for my safety, and I get up and I don't know what's going on. Um, but I'm glad, yeah, it being, you know, in sixth yeah. grade. Now yeah. I don't really have to hear all that much about it. So it's, uh, yeah. So they used to give you a hard time about it? Not necessarily, yeah. but, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you'd rather not have had that happen <laughs> or that story repeated, so. Uh, question number five. Dead or alive, who would you want to spend time with and why? This is... Close to home. Uh, I I grew up playing basketball, uh, and between that time, my dad and I really connected as a, as a kid growing up. And as time went on, and as I continued to play basketball, I really saw his skill set, e- even being at his age. And I mean, ballpark, he's forty five, fifty years old at this point. So, uh, to answer the question, I wish I could have have caught up and, and been around with my dad in his early 20s uh-huh. whenever he was, say, at the prime of his uh, physical right. physical peak. or, or right. Yeah, physical peak. Uh, just because the stories that he would tell me whenever he was, he was in the Army about playing basketball with all the people that he worked with, and he said he would just run the court, run the court, run the court all day long. And I, I absolutely believe him, just because again, going back to I mean, where, where the times that we played basketball, he will do some of the most ridiculous things on the court that are I just blow my mind. Like, no look passes, just it, it, it's it's entertaining. It's so entertaining mm-hmm. that I wish uh, me at at my best, yeah, I guess in my best basketball shape, could have seen him in his best basketball uh, shape just to catch up and. And uh, kind of come away with, because I'm sure it would have been really entertaining. I got the feeling you would like to beat him on the court. Oh yeah. Oh, I would say you know he's uh, he's about six foot one. Uh, um, I'm about five foot nine. So I don't know how I would strategize against that. But yeah, I would go after him with everything I had. So it, it'd be uh, it'd be entertaining. And of course we'd we'd kind of nudge each other's elbows a little bit. And, okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Thanks. We're back with Gerardo. Gerardo, we never seem to be able to get nutrition right. There's lots of talk, lots of stuff that we read, and we get more confused than helped. Talk to us about nutrition. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I want to disclose that I am not a, I am not a certified nutritionist, uh, but I have, uh, I have spent several years studying in depth nutrition, and I have also. Uh, qualifications to talk about, particularly about macronutrients. Mm-hmm. In other words, knowing how to have a balanced nutrition, knowing how to uh, provide detox uh, plan for somebody, or how, knowing how to make somebody lose weight mm-hmm. and do it in a sustainable way. So all those are good topics to talk so, about. So, 
uh, in essence, I think uh, we need to address uh, how are we relating to food. And since we are we are right now in the United States, where I believe the immense majority of the population have access to to food, mm -hmm. uh, and we're fairly educated, mm -hmm. we don't have a problem of uh, not having food, which mm -hmm. does something that completely changes the the, the nature of, uh, of of talking about nutrition. Mm -hmm. But since we are an educated nation, a civilized nation. Um, Understanding that what we put in our body uh, has a direct impact on our energy levels, mm -hmm. on our health, mm -hmm. and on performance. Performance, whether it's uh, working in front of a computer or being an athlete, mm -hmm. and those are aspects that y a lot of times you know you have all these. Uh, uh, without you know criticizing anybody in particular, but you have all this. We're being bombarded with commercials about yes, you know, you have all these different pills that can uh, uh, make you lean, or you can spray this this little powder and it's gonna get you back into your uh, best body, and, and and it's all those different stories that at the end of the day, or gastric bypass, you know, let, you know, let somebody open you up and. And, and wrap up your stomach so you eat less and there's no uh, integration mm -hmm. between emo emotions, mm -hmm. uh, physical activity and what we're eating. Mm -hmm. So I am of, uh, uh, I am for uh, the idea of integrating, of adopt more of a, adopting a new way of relating to oneself and that includes what you put onto your body. Mm. And so with the assumption that we have the resources to go to a grocery store and buy food, mm -hmm. and and with those with that assumption in mind, I will say that take the time to understand how different foods impact your body. Mm -hmm. um, see your emotional response to food, mm -hmm. like when you are depressed, when you are angry when you have a negative emotion that is impacting you, how are you relating to food? Is, mm -hmm. is, is, is it changing the, the, the patterns that you have when you eat? Are you taking the time to savor your food? <laughs> and all those different elements have a lot to do with how your body responds to what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So with the premise of you are what you eat, as far as the physical, mm -hmm. uh, I like to approach nutrition from that perspective, and and uh, and then you know when I deal with clients, I like to um, to uh, first of all do a, do a thorough assessment of where they're at, mm -hmm. um, and take the time to go to the grocery store with them mm -hmm. and see how they're going about what what are they choosing to put into their bodies, mm -hmm. what are they, what is their selection, mm -hmm. and then also educating them on how to cook, how to, de I mean, what are the portions, wh how are they preparing the food, mm -hmm. how are they dealing with the whole cycle of eating and mm -hmm. drinking. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's a, it can be, a, it is a fascinating feel and uh, it has a lot to do, I mean, it has a direct impact, again, into your energy levels, into health, into performance, whether it's in front of the computer, whether it's in, a, in a athletic uh, related. Well, I'm sure you probably would agree that 
one of the problems that people have um, is that they're so busy running from here to there, everywhere. And um, is there any way, and you talk about this integration of mind, body, spirit, and you talk about the fact that if you have proper nutrition, um, that you're going to actually be making yourself better, and I'm assuming not only in the body, but in the mind and spirit um, as, as well. How do you, what do you tell a person who's so busy that they just grab whatever they have and eat? How do you get that person to go to a good nutrition plan? Or is, is there... Yeah, for the busy professional, they need to plan ahead. Uh-huh. They need to plan ahead. And what I mean by planning ahead is they need to, once they understand or once they're under the hands of a competent person mm-hmm. that can help uh, them direct their nutrition in a in a good way and develop good habits is plan ahead mm-hmm. if you know you're going to be busy from monday through friday mm-hmm. figure out what is that you want to be eating during that week mm-hmm. prepare the food mm-hmm. or if you know you're going to be on the road and you're not going to time you're not going to you're not going to have time to cook mm-hmm. and to have your food your meals ready mm-hmm. Knowing that you go to a restaurant, know what you should not be ordering. Mm -hmm. Know your portions. (laughs) Know what you should not be drinking. Mm -hmm. Understand which foods create what. Mm -hmm. Like if you need immediate energy, if you need to be hydrated, if you uh, are trying to lose weight. So all these different aspects have an element of education, mm-hmm. an element of intention, mm-hmm. an element of discipline and consistency and mm-hmm. keeping up with it, mm-hmm. and choice. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need to do if you're a busy professional. Mm-hmm. You need to have that education and you need to ideally at the beginning until you're, you're completely autonomous and you, you know you can uh, trust yourself upon choosing wisely, mm-hmm. get competent help. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. And I, I have a suspicion that if people plan ahead, period, they'd be less frantic in their lives. Completely agree. We'll be right back. We're back with Gerardo. Gerardo, could you... Uh, Talk to us about hybrid fitness training, and in particular, you know that um, a number of people, uh, even though they want to get involved with yoga, they if they find a conflict between what they consider yoga to be and their religious practices. So, talk to those two things to us. Okay. Yes. Uh, as far as hybrid fitness training, um, it is an approach that I like to adopt when I'm uh, helping uh, clients privately mm-hmm. or in small groups because uh, I like uh, the education that I have in exercise science mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, knowledge that I have in, in uh, ancient mind-body traditions such as yoga and martial arts mm-hmm. and how they both complement each other and they can be a, a phenomenal formula uh, for a uh, encompassed fitness approach uh, to improve the life of uh, anyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, the hybrid fitness training method basically uh, takes 
the latest in exercise science, mm -hmm. kinesiology, and the latest in exercise science methods, and it takes elements of yoga and elements of martial arts mm -hmm. and puts it together in a program where, uh, let's say, someone needs to lose weight and or they want to get lean mm -hmm. or they are rehabilitating from an injury or they are um, improving, they are attempting to improve athletic performance mm -hmm. and we just, I, I, what I just do is that I just tailor a program with the particular needs after assessing that client. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's a very effective, uh, it's a very effective way and I have the great fortune of having been exposed to a high level in, in all those different fields. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it's, it's a great approach mm -hmm. to improve fitness and body functionality. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in regards to your question uh, about yoga, yes, I understand and I respect uh, all religions and all modes of thinking and, and belief systems. The way I see yoga uh, is uh, at a personal level is that it can be a very beneficial practice mm -hmm. uh, for uh, personal development both at the fitness level mm -hmm. and at the mental level where you can achieve more calmness without by any means rejecting your religious practice so it's just I think it will be a complementing factor to it but at the same time uh, even though that's my personal belief uh, I'm not trying here to instill my personal belief into anybody mm -hmm. that I work with so mm -hmm. meaning if somebody feels that anything that has to do with yoga they don't feel comfortable with I respect that and I just uh, instead I just uh, uh, focus my attention into the exercise science pool of methods mm -hmm. available to improve somebody's life uh, if they uh, enjoy martial arts I uh, also uh, go into that pool and utilizes any uh, utilize any technique any any approach that can complement that client. Mm. Good. Lovely. Lovely. Well, it's game time. There we go. <laughs> right. And Gerardo will be playing this game with his fiancée, Rachel. All right. <laughs> now, are you ready? You guys are on the winding road. According to the yogi in our SBL series, we're all on a journey. Some take the winding road. Sooner or later, each traveler will come to a fork in the road and there make a choice to continue on or to turn back. You have come to a fork in the road. There are two paths in front of you. One path is called Redo. The other path is called Reboot. What will you do?
Well, um, I don't think I would redo my life. I like where my life's going. I'm not sure what what we mean by reboot. Like, are we are we recharging in in a? I I also I'm in agreement with you. I would not like to redo my life. Um, I'm not certain about the element of rebooting, but I think there is a constant aspect of rebooting on a daily basis and realigning uh, principles and actions. So I, I am for uh, just in rebooting. If we mean reboot in the sense that we're kind of re-energizing and yeah. trying to... And then I, I agree. I think I think we reboot. We, we don't redo. Yeah, we, we that, both that go was, for reboot. Okay, so yeah. you're <laughs> taking the rebooting road. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they're not redoing their lives. They are going to reboot their lives. Right on. Together they are on the rebooting road. Also traveling this route are a snake, a tiger, and a shark. Depending on your destination, according to the yogi, on this day you will have to deal with at least one of these and do so safely. If you are heading to the destination called Faith, Friends and Family, you will have to travel with a snake. If you are heading to the destination called Health, Wealth and Happiness, you will have to ride the tiger. If you are heading to the destination called peace, love and tranquility, you will have to swim with the shark. What is your destination and how will you get there safely? Yeah, absolutely, because I think that, um, you know, as long as you have some peace and tranquility, mm-hmm. then you can kind of be okay with whatever. You don't have to have the wealth. You don't have to have the health. Maybe your family isn't so great to be around all the time. <laughs> so the shark, I think, I mean, I think that's what I would do. And I've heard that sharks can actually be fairly docile, so I think studies on that. I believe you. <laughs> I like the shark. I also like the tiger, because um. the tiger is, is health happiness and abundance, right? Well, it's health, wealth, wealth. and happiness. Wealth. Right? Health, wealth, and happiness. So we have health, we have wealth, we have happiness. We're traveling this road together already. Um, but we don't have peace, love, and tranquility. But doesn't uh, doesn't uh, happiness include peace, love, and tranquility? How, how, how could you achieve happiness? I don't know. That's a good question. So I think happiness encompasses those three, in my mind. And then you also have health, which is always a great thing to have. And you also have wealth, which is also a good thing to have. Right. Right. But there's no love and... Happiness. Well, happiness can just be contentment, which doesn't necessarily have 
you know, great abundance of love and peace, right? I don't know. I, well, I mean, how do you define that differently? Uh, for me, in my mind, happiness has a lot to do with peace, with tranquility, uh, with all those different qualities. That's how you're happy. I mean, that's how I am happy. I'm happy when I'm at peace. I'm happy when I'm tranquil. I'm happy with uh, with those aspects. Okay. Well, and how how do you deal with the tiger? With the tiger? Mm-hmm. Well, like any wild animal, you know, you will have to deal with it very skillfully. Say, say. Will he protect you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing with the shark. I mean, like, there's no patterns. I mean, when you're dealing with wild animal, there's always no pattern that you can pinpoint all the time. So what I will suggest is that we keep the tiger in the okay. cage. That's, oh, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Okay, we can, we can go with that. Yeah? Yeah. We choose the tiger. Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, they have chosen the tiger and they've decided to put the tiger in a cage. Yes, <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you all the best to health Wealth and happiness. Thank you. Gerardo, if anybody is interested in contacting you, how do, would they be able to find you? Uh, well, I have, um, I have a website where you can find more information about the different programs that I have available. Uh, that website is www.gerardomulas.com. And uh, you also can find me on Facebook at Gerardo Mulas or on Twitter at Gerardo Mulas. Mm-hmm. And you can always uh, send me a line there and, and find out uh, a little more information about myself. Um, and yes, that's that's the, probably the fastest uh, in this cyber age. That's the fastest way of uh, getting in touch with me. And for my Spanish-speaking friends, me podéis encontrar en www.gerardomulas.com.com y y bueno y ahí y también me podéis encontrar en Facebook en Gerardo Mulas mi nombre o en o en Twitter en Gerardo Mulas y ahí es la manera más rápida y sencilla de, de encontrarme y comunicarme comunicarte con, conmigo y cualquier pregunta cualquier eh, cualquier aspecto que en el que en el que quieras eh, comunicarte conmigo ahí ahí me, ahí me tienes I'm so glad that you both were willing to come on the program and to play our game with us and I also wish Within that, that you have peace, love, and tranquility. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll keep the shark away from you. <laughs> right. Excellent being with you, Neville. Yeah, All right. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's it's lovely to have you back in the program again. Thanks. Our standing question today is this: Are you fit enough to be the best you can be? Are you? Fit enough to be the best you can be. You can find us on ryosports.com, R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Click on radio. You can find our books in 
several formats on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. See you next week!